People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I'm Lee Solway. And I'm Finchy McFinch. And we thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, a couple of boring bastards, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Well, you mainly. mainly we don't know which yeah. episode it was down to. <laughs> I think you meant all could've, of them. Could have been one. Well, yeah, it could have been one when it was you and Andy. So I, I can stay clear from that one. So, <laughs> in case you don't follow, we're talking about a review we had this week. Um, actually, we had a few couple of reviews uh, just recently. So keep them coming in. Thank you very much. Uh, this one says. Um, great listening, the guys bounce off each other brilliantly, the content is fantastic well worth a listen from Adam so thank you very much for that uh, we had one that said, this is from Ebo Ian uh, gets better and better every show uh, he loves listening to the show, it's un- unlike a lot of podcasts, he says the, the different um, variety of topics, uh, we're great guests that improves every week, keep up the good work lads, love listening, helps the long drive home on Monday, the chemistry from Liam Finchie is excellent uh, so thank you very much for that and then we had one, that was a one star review uh, possibly because you can only leave, that's the lowest star rating you can leave and he said, embarrassing host boring uh, the subject choice and guests gives this podcast the potential f- for it to be good. However, for me personally, I feel that the host lets it down. Hosts. Uh, they are boring. Embarrassingly <laughs> so. I'm afraid it's a no from me. Uh, you need that buzzer on there from Simon Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the bit that winds you up the most. Is uh, I mean, I'm not bothered about the review because obviously we, we, we had a good laugh about it. But... Um, is that he's got his best lines from Simon fucking Cowell. I mean, are we serious? And he's calling us boring. He must be a right bundle of laughs down a fucking pub, mustn't he? Uh, oh, you've can, I have a packet, can I have a packet of uh, pork scratchings? Uh, it's a no from me! <laughs> okay, you know. Anyway, enough of that swat. You, sh- you show me uh, your podcast and I'll tell you if you're boring or not. But anyway... Um, so coming up today, we are talking about the puka from Irish folklore. Um, we are covering a couple of news stories which Aaron's brought, and they are uh, very interesting. And something's not right about these stories, so we'll get into those. And we're going to touch on a bit of slang um, because we've had a few emails uh, all throughout doing the podcast mainly, but we've had a couple recently um, asking us what certain words. Sometimes we say words. Uh, that are just in our lexicon. We don't think about it. We just chuck these words out. And um, obviously, a lot of you uh, listen in the states, and a lot of these words are unfamiliar to to you. And obviously, we have different words doing different things in America and England, don't they? Like crisps and chips and um, things like that. But I think we can yeah. we can normally get around that, can't we? We normally most people yeah. are like familiar enough to know. 
But there's certain phrases, certain words we use that people say, send us messages saying, uh, you know, what the hell does that mean? Or where does that come from? That kind of thing. So we're going to focus on some a little bit of slang uh, from uh, from mainly Grimsby, uh, Grimbarian slang mainly. Some of it's British, more localised to Yorkshire, I suppose. But um, we're going to have a look at that. That's, and, that's uh, where you're from, though. You know, Yorkshire. Yorkshire, so yeah. a, lot, a lot of people say that. So, um this is the sort of thing coming up. Kids are gods at your gag alley. Gotta do that one. Uh, look forward to that at the end of the show. That's lovely. Okay, so do you want me to fire away with a puka? Yeah, go away with a puka. Okay, the, like I say, the puka is uh, predominantly from Irish folklore, although it is seen all across the British Isles, uh, even as far as Brittany, okay? So, although it f- seems to have different guises, it's most commonly referred to as uh, like a black horse or a black hare. And this, really, the only reason I'm, I'm focusing on this is because um, obviously we touched on, when we did Mysterious Islands, we touched High Brazil. The people yeah. going to the island saw these large black hares. Um, so, or big black rabbits. So that's why I'm doing this, focusing on this, because the puka is said to resemble that. Although it does take other forms, I mean, the name puka is thought to originate from the Irish uh, word for male goat, which is pock. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes he comes as in the shape of a, a goat. Uh, it could also come in the shape of a cat, dog, bull, eagle, uh, and people, you know. Uh, and some say, some tales say that when he's uh, represented as a, as a person, he will... Um, look almost human-like, but there'll be something off about him. So he may still have a tail, he may still have animal ears, he may still have uh, animal feet, or something, you know what I mean? He's not, not, like, if he's going to be a human, he's not 100% human. So we're talking like a a shapeshifter with a, a you know, something that's wrong with that shapeshift, so you can't get it 100% right, are we saying? And we see that a lot in uh, ghost stories, where people will say... um, I had a visit last night from my from my granddad or my grand whatever, and um, he sat on the end of the bed, but there was something not quite right with him. He had blue eyes, okay, and then in in real life, when he was alive, he used to have say brown eyes. Um, yeah, you know, something not quite right. But you see that in a lot of ghost stories, even today. Uh, whether that's some kind of whether that's you know whether that's a puka uh, messing with people because it is a trickster spirit. That's the archetype, okay. It is a trickster. Um, although it can do good things because it's got the ability of language. Um, now, fairies, a lot of fairies have the ability of, of language, their own language, but they don't speak English, okay? Whereas the puka differs from that. He can actually hold a conversation with you. Um, and this sometimes leads him to be good, uh, sometimes leads him to be bad. Uh, now, some people listening might have actually experienced this. Okay, so... If you have, obviously let us know. It's supernaturalpod at gmail.com. That's supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Um, or, you know, find us on Facebook and just go on Messenger. Uh, we're available there. But 
I think some people listening may have experienced this. I think I've possibly experienced this once or twice in my own life, where you'll meet someone and they just start talking to you, okay? And then they talk to you, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, you, 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 you focus is elsewhere, then you turn back and they've gone. And you're like, well, where did he go? Whatever, you know what I mean? It's just like a really strange encounter. Uh, and the Pukris said to do that a lot. In the early Irish folklore, it, was, it used to... I mean, there's examples even in the modern day where this this fella uh, down south, I think he was, he, he came out his came out his house um, and there was a gentleman, a smartly dressed gentleman at the end of his street, uh, end of his gate, sorry, uh, end of his uh, path there, and he, he speaks to him. And this guy says he'd known him for a long time. He knew his family history. You know, he knew, like, three generations back, which is really weird. And this guy said, he was answering questions about my family that... Only people within the family should really know. Um, you know, we didn't know where this guy had this knowledge from, but he spoke about his family, spoke about his heritage and where a lot of the family's wealth had come from. Um, but he did tell him, he said, look, you know, things are going to change. There's going to be disasters going to fall the country. And um, this was just before the, um, um, the Depression, you know, 2008. So he said there's going to be this, uh, you know, financial reckoning and blah, 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 and your family's going to lose out in money. Now, this guy didn't take it too seriously, but he said what was strange about the encounter is this guy knew all this information, and when he sort of turned away and turned back, this guy was gone. He never said bye, and that's common with a puka. When you see the puka, it'll never say bye. You know, yeah. it, it just goes. Um, and obviously, the characters that I've had with fairies myself, they just, just disappear. You know, they just go. But... Anyway, that it, that came true. The prophecy, if you like, it, it, that the puka told him uh, did come true, and his family did uh, lose on all their things, even investments that they had um, shortly after that. So, you know, this is what he does. He goes around and he'll tell people this. He does um, do these prophecies. And nine times out of ten, if he's going to predict something, it's going to be bad news. All right. Um, so, again, you know, this, this trickster archetype comes into this, but... People still give him a lot of, um, what's the word, you know, like um, um, respect, I suppose that's the best way to, to, to say it, because they do know that he has a lot of wisdom, okay? Um, incidentally, the other thing with the black horse, when the black horse is seen, because sometimes he'll pick people up and take them for a ride, but they will comment on the fact that it's got glowing red eyes, um, and obviously, you know, the black dog um, sightings that we get in the UK sometimes have glowing eyes. And there's a lot of Bigfoot reports, you know, people seeing these, uh, what they believe to be Bigfoots, watching them from the woods and they have glowing eyes. Uh, and this is not eye shine. This is not someone shining a torch and the, the eyes reflecting. These are eyes that are, um, you know, self-illuminating. And that is very common with the Puka reports. Um, but yeah, if you're drunk... And you're on the way home from from the pub, whatever. Um, and again, you know, this happened many times to me, where you can't remember what happened the night before. But it's said that the puka will pick you up, uh, so it gets you. It comes in the guise of a horse, and he'll lift you up onto his back, and they'll take you for a ride, the most terrifying ride you've been on. Um, you don't know when it's going to stop, where it's going to lead, uh, and then eventually he'll drop you off, and you, you know you'll get home. Your family will be worried because you've been out all night where have you been and you come home drunk and then they just say well you've been drunk and he said no no the, the, the puka took me for a ride and obviously a lot of people say nah nah you're just pissed 
you know, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it does that a lot. And that sort of plays into this trickster element of it again. Like, so, um, it's a horse speak. Like does a horse speak then? Yeah. The, if, like, the, yeah. If it's comes, whichever form animal form it comes in, it'll always speak in English. It always right, has okay. the ability to speak. Yeah. So that's why you pretty much know, um, it's a puka, but like I say, in different parts of Ireland, it'll be in different counties. Um, it'll represent as a different animal, even a goblin. You know, it can become it can be a goblin type creature, but it does uh, make me think of what we see or what we get reports around here from Wilsey Woods. You know, where we get this half goat, half uh, man creature um, seen in the woods locally, um, and again. This sort of fits the description of the puka. Uh, the general appearance of it will be, like I say, half. It can be half man, half goat. It can come as any animal. But generally, it's got dark fur. Some reports say right. it had white fur, but most of them say it's got dark fur with glowing eyes. So if you run across one, you, you know, you're know you not going to mistake it for anything else, are you? Well, no. You're not going to mistake a bloody arse speaking to you. No. Um, the other thing... Things get attributed to, you know, like all folklore, things get attributed. And there's always like a little bit of um, um, truth in there within all these folklore tales. There's always an element of truth uh, in there. And, you know, people used to see like, they used to wake up in the morning, come out uh, and they'd see like fences down or gates down or, you know, that kind of thing or a tree down or something, you know, just laid down. And obviously, whereas we just assume it was straight away, we probably think the wind did it. Uh, or depending where you live, vandals did it. Um, they would obviously associate that with the pukas on its ride, you know, the ride that it does during the night as this horse just goes bobbing through the place, knocking shit down. Um, so you can see, you know, where they would wake up, see a fence down and just, you know, what could it be? You know, it could, obviously it could be the wind, but they'd say, oh, no, that's a puka. Um, you know, so there's little elements of, you know, reality, okay, that trickle into this. But I'm not saying that the fairies don't... Oh, well, I know the fairies exist. I think, I think the way to think about the, the fairy kingdom, for me, the best way to... Because I was talking to someone the other day about this, and he was asking me, you know, what I think fairies are and all the rest of it. And I was saying, there's different types of fairies, you know, okay? The one that we first picture, the Tinkerbell, you know, uh, that yeah. sort of fairy, that's just bollocks, okay? Um that you know that's not nothing to do with this subject but the best way to this the best way is to come in all different shapes sizes uh okay and the easiest way to to, to picture it in your mind and i guess i'd say 90 percent of people listening to this have seen the film labyrinth okay with bowie fantastic film one of my favorites growing up um and in that film, you know, there's all different types of fairy. That is like that is like the that is like the fairy kingdom, okay? I know it's the goblin kingdom. And um, if you think about it, I mean, you've seen Labyrinth, haven't you? Yeah. So you've got in there, you've got like um, you've got an animal, okay, that looks like some sort of little fox creature, haven't you? Um, so again, that's sort of showing you the, you know, it can come as almost real, you know, like a real animal. Then you've got the you've got a dog in there. You've got um. Uh, Hoggle, who's basically a goblin, uh, to want a better word. You've got the goblins themselves in, the, you know, where in uh, Bowie's castle, and then you've got um, or the Goblin King, as he's known in the film, and then you've got um, the Pluto, which is like the big Yeti um, creature. 
um, you know, covered in fear. And again, you know, the that archetypal wild man. Um, and that plays into a lot of fairy stories, which you don't really hear about so much nowadays, because if people see a hairy creature in the in the woods, they immediately assume um, Bigfoot nowadays, okay? Yeah. Whereas in the older days, it was a wild man, or he was part of the fairy kingdom as well. Um, and again, Labyrinth sort of shows you that. He's in there. That archetype's in there. Um, so again, you know, that that's basically the best way for me to picture the fairy kingdom, and that is... But like I say, the difference with this puka is it can speak, and it does speak. Okay, it said that the last Irish king, Brian Brew, was able to tame the puka. Okay. And the way he did that was by, he managed to get hold of three of its uh, hairs from its tail. And he had them sewn into a, a saddle, uh, which when the puka came to, to give him a ride, he chucked the saddle on and then used its magic against it. Um, and then he made it promise that it would... Um, not attack any more Christian people or Irish people, okay, other than people that were extremely drunk or had ill, you know, he said they weren't allowed to harm drunk people, but he was allowed to, you know, do his tricks on them, but um, he wasn't allowed to hurt them, but if they had evil intent, anyone with evil intent, it was allowed to do whatever it wanted to them. That was basically the rules that he set down. And it seems like it honoured that until the king died, and then after the king died, it just went back to how it was before. Yeah. Uh, back to this trickster. But um, I know you've got a tale there of like uh, an encounter with a puka, um, but again, just shows this um, this want and need for uh, destroying things. I mean, if you want to tell the tale. Yeah. In November 1813, Kildare Hunt, known as Killing Kildare, sets out after they've had a traditional cup at the Tipper Crossroads, near Nars. Here, a large fox appeared and led a course towards Liffey. Simultaneously, an unmounted black horse appeared, but did not belong to any of the riders. Mm. It was Puka. The terrain was difficult, and the fox ran fast. Only one of the members of the hunt a man named Grennan, and a horse, who was really Puka, remained with a pack. The gorge was in full spate, but hounds were gaining on on their quarry and started to pick up their way across rocks. Seeing danger, Grennan attempted to recall hounds, but Puka, ahead of them, was tempting them onwards. The fox headed for a ledge on a narrow part of the gorge then. Seeing Puka's red eye spitting fire... The fox jumped it. It missed the ledge, falling into turbulent waters below. The puka easily leaped across the gorge, disappearing into woodlands. But packs of hounds hard on the scent of the fox went heading headlong into a pool. Looking down, Grennan saw foxes and hounds trying desperately to swim to safety through the swirling swell. Other hounds dashed against the rocks, were yelping in pain and dying. He wept as most of the pack went under. Suddenly, his sorrow give, give way to terror. He heard a diabolical neighing, like an animal laughing from the woods opposite. Grennan then knew it was Puka. You see, so essentially, it just led the hounds to death, didn't it? Just for chits and yeah. giggles, basically. 
just lured him in and then, yeah, used him as bait and then bang, straight yeah. down and he's leaped over it. Okay, so I've got a story here. I've got another story, but I'll save that till later on in the show. Okay, this story is about uh, a young farmer called Padre who um, took a, a puka took a shine to him, shall we say. Um, and it's simply because he was walking one day and he felt the presence, the invisible presence of the puka walk past him. He actually could sense it. He could feel it. Um, so whether he had some sort of extrasensory perception or, you know, whether he had a gift of some description, I don't know, but straight away he knew it was the puka, right? He knew he was in the presence of the puka, so he offered it his coat, you know, as some sort of uh, gift, some bounty, yeah? Because he dared the stories, and I'll get into the the offerings in a minute, but he dared the stories that this is what you do with pukas, you offer them something, you give them something, because otherwise they're going to cause you trouble. Um, And he offered it his coat. And it said that the puka was so intrigued with the fact that yeah, he could see the, see the, uh, or feel the presence of it, knew he was there, which was unusual. Um, he was so intrigued by that, and the fact that this bloke just pretty much took the coat off his own back and gave him it, uh, that the puka did some sort of deal for him, if you like. And he came that night in the guise of a bull, okay? So he came as a bull to the farm, and he made all the wheat into flour. I mean loads and loads of wheat into flour uh they asked him happened for the next few nights and he brought other puka with him and it said that hadri was trying to stay up to watch watch what was going on in the barn okay because the first night he came to the barn there was all this all this uh flower days like what the hell so next night he tries to stay up and he keeps falling asleep but eventually after a couple of weeks he manages to catch him in, in the act and he offers him, the only thing that he's got that's expensive is this silk uh, suit. And he offers the puka this silk suit. Now, it said that the puka was so delighted with his finery, okay, that he decided to travel the world. Yeah? So, this guy had made enough money from this wheat, like his family were rich, and he was able to put his son through education and all the rest of it. So, you know, he was happy. The puka was happy. But again, this is like, um, you know, he's done a... Good deed for him because he's done some good for him, you know. And this this is the weird thing about the puka. It doesn't always it's not always bad, but you never know. You just don't know. Yeah. But it is said that later on, uh, there was a he went to he, had, he got married. This fellow got married, and uh, as a wedding gift, the puka left this gold cup, okay, with this potion inside. And it's said that as long as he has this cup with this potion inside, he's always going to have good fortune. He's always going to have wealth. The family's going always going to be, um, you know, looked after. Uh, and that's what happened, you know, for the rest of his time. He was, he was, his farm did well and all the rest of it. So, you know, it sort of, you know, because he basically give the puka his, his most prized possession, his silk suit, you can imagine, you know. Um, the puka's like, you know, done a good deed for him. And it's just, uh, you know, it's weird how it can be. You know, there's other tales as well that I run across. Um, not massive stories, but just like examples where there'll be someone out um, on a night time and a puka will come up to them and say, come with me and take them to one side and basically hide them, shelter them while other fairies come through. And if this person had been um, there when the fairies got there, there's a good chance the fairies would have took them like they do, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's actually this puka just for no reason whatsoever has basically saved this person. There's many tales like that. Um, but again, you know, then there's the other ones where they do the bad shit. Um, 
Now, coming back to this offering, yeah, this is centered around the first uh, of November, thirty uh, first of October, first of November. It kind of goes from sunset to sunset, okay. Um, but the first November is known as Puka Day, okay, in Ireland oh, and right. the other Celtic regions, and this was really it was a harvest called um, Samhain, which was basically like the, the da- celebrating the, the the dark half of the year. Okay, so this is the, which is where we're entering into the the dark half of the year, and this is where the last crops are brought in. Okay, by November first. Yeah. But the tradition was to leave some of your crops um, to the puka, so you wouldn't harvest all the field. You'd leave a patch, um, and obviously this and that was his patch, and it was like an offering to him. And it was said that if he didn't do that, it it literally come to your house. Um, on the night time and call your name. Okay, you call your name and he was going to take you on this ride, you know, this te- most terrifying ride of your life. And if you didn't honour the call of the puka, it just destroy your farm, your crops, your, your your livelihood, your house, everything. Um, yeah. yeah, some serious shit, you know, you don't piss them off. So and that goes for all fairies. You know, if a fairy offers you something, you're not supposed to turn it down, otherwise you, it, it can bring misfortune onto you. Um, but by the same token, if you take... Any food, any food or drink, then you can become a fairy. So, offerings of anything other than food or drink, fair enough. But food or drink, uh, yeah. But anything other than food or drink, then obviously you're supposed to take that. Um. So yeah, so that gets associated, obviously, with it being the first of November, gets associated with this trick or treat, um, Halloween, oh, uh, which right. we start nowadays. Um. But. It's also said that the the fruits and uh, you know stuff ripens and it turns that uh, black color. Um, it, that was said to be uh, where the puka had entered it. Okay, so yeah. it entered these fruits and it, the children were told like don't eat the fruits if they're like that because they're the pukas now. When it goes like that, they belong to the puka. Um, and if you eat from them again, you'll get misfortune. Um, even like um, new mothers. Okay. New mothers that were um, going to be breastfeeding, obviously, were, were supposed to squirt a bit of the breast milk in the air before feeding the baby. And that was an offering to the puka. Remember, there's things around you all the time. It's invisible. But, yeah, you just uh, so I thought that was a bit weird. But I don't know if I still do it today, like. But, anyway, that was another thing that they had to do. <laughs> so, um, all right, I've got another story, but we'll leave that later on in the show. Um uh, probably cut this show in half somewhere and put the other half on Patreon. So I'll probably put that uh, on today. So if you haven't signed up for Patreon and you can, uh, please do so. You can find us, just go to Patreon, type in Realm of Supernatural Podcast, that will pop up. They're asking us to do a $3 uh, tier. So I might have to put that in at some point. But uh, at the moment, the, low, it's the lowest tier we have in there is $2. So you can still sign up to that. Um, but they are asking us to do a $3 tier. But I won't change... If anyone's on the $2 tier, they'll they'll stay on that, essentially. I won't be changing that. Um, but yeah, so if you can help us out, then get over there. You will get twice as much show, if not three times as much show, um, on there. So... It's worth doing. Worth doing, yeah. Worth doing. Uh, and obviously, everybody else on there is uh, massively appreciated. And, uh, you know, you can't do this without you. Um, you've got a news story for us, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I've got two, but one of them uh, 
it's really uh, well one of them's you know it's, it's down one of them's down to severed limbs and the other one's down to an unknown creature so I'm going to go with the unknown creature creature on this one um, and it's a man found dead with puncture wounds from an unknown creature but he's not the first mm-hmm. after two more people were also assaulted cattle rancher Eduardo Falcao not the footballer called in two fearless wildlife experts to solve a mystery once and for all. Last year, in a dead of night, a ranch hand was attacked and left for dead by a mysterious creature. When his body was discovered the next day, it was covered in an unusual stab-like puncture wounds. Was it a predator, such as a jaguar, a human serial killer, or or could it even been a monster? Central Brazil, where the incident took place, has seen a growing number of fatal attacks against humans of this kind in recent years. But nobody has been able to discover what was responsible. So after two more people were assaulted, cattle rancher Eduardo, a friend of a man who was killed, called in two fearless wildlife experts from Australia to solve the mystery once and for all. Wilderness guide and former paratrooper Damien Duffy and a wildlife photographer Matt Hoffman, sounds like uh, two actors then too, <laughs> have spent have spent years travelling the world in search of shocking mysteries. They have now they are now fronting a new series for Discovery Legends of the Wild, which sees them journey deep into places such as Alaska, the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, places like that. All over the world, there have been sightings of mysterious creatures which nobody can explain, says Damien. Matt and I are open-minded, but believe there, are an un- uh, believe there is a usually an, a sort of explanation for what has happened. Different cultures have their own belief systems around the world, and the older the creature, sometimes the more otherworldly these other possible solutions are. In the Philippines, some of the villagers we spoke to believe some shape-shifting vampires was coming and taking away the livestock. We don't make fun of it. It's their folklore, and we are respectful of it. But the reason behind what is happening usually has some basis in reality. Or is it a puka? In that case, it was a snake that had been attacking their farm animals. Blimey, that snake must have been hungry. Well, yeah, and big, yeah. The unnamed victim was found with a puncture wound on his calves and thigh around five inches in radius and one and a half inches deep. It's likely an artery was punctured and the man bled to death. Damien says, with land being cleared for the industrial farming at an alarming rate of 27 football pitches per minute, humans and wild predators are being pushed closer together than ever before. For people... For the people who call places such as a uh, Pantanal home, death could be lurking around every corner. After coming across a giant anteater, anteater, they're they're quite, I like anteaters, on Eduardo's ranch, Matt and Damien realised the creature's claws matched the dead farmer's uh, worker's puncture wounds. Oh dear, the anteater's been at him. Giant anteaters are docile creatures and will tend to run away from humans. There have only been a handful of fatal attacks by them. It did really surprise us, because you wouldn't expect them to kill humans, says Damien. The man must have accidentally startled it, and it would have felt threatened. 
The workers would have thought an anteater was a chilled out animal, which we did too, and not realise it could kill you if it felt frightened. Walking around the jungle in the Philippines at night or along the riverbanks in Brazil and being told a full-grown male jaguar was only a couple of hundred metres away, these are the real situations, says Damien. We did get scared from time to time and it was hard to work. We were eaten alive by mosquitoes. One of the things Matt and Damien have discovered from their years in the wild is that ranchers and farmers will often go and kill the animal they think has been murdering their livestock or attacking their workers. This is a major problem in places such as the Pantanal, which has seen jaguars, a near-threatened species, slain. In 2019, one man living in the area, that's his name, Temistossils Barbosa Frieri, that's as close as I'm getting to it on that, was, arrest, was arrested on suspicion of killing more than a thousand other big cats. Wow. We wanted to teach people that they can work and live alongside wildlife and not destroy it, says Damien. It's been a good opportunity to change people's perception from an irrational fear based on incorrect information to an understanding on why nature should be respected. Well, that goes with most situations in real life. Usually, the culprit is a top predator, such as a jaguar. But when you take them out of a food chain, all sorts of troubles start happening. It's important to keep them around as well as the smaller animals, as without both, the ecosystem collapses. He also wants us to get to know the creatures on our own doorsteps. We hope it will inspire people to get out of their comfort zones and go and see the amazing planet. Oh, yeah, we all want to adventure, but we all don't want to, you know, go playing ball with a jaguar, you know. No. We don't have to go far. Our adventure started in our backyard, and look where that has got us. And that's uh, what one of his, uh, his on Discovery. He's got his channel on there, Legends of the Wild Starts on Discovery UK. So they're putting it down to an anteater by the looks of it. You know, the similar marks on on his thing and he startled this but they're not they're not you know, they're not certain on clarification on that. Yeah, it seems unlikely, doesn't it, that an anteater would Yeah, I mean out out of how many, you know, it, but you know, rare cases do happen where they do get provoked and they will attack, but mm. very I mean, unlikely. I've seen people hunting anteaters and they they mostly try and get away, you know what I mean? They don't Yeah, they don't hang around. No. So, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, it seems a bit strange, that one, to see if anything more comes of that, I think, because, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Keep following that, give you updates on it. So, uh, right, so we sh- should we do? Should we have a look at a bit of this slang, then? Yeah, let's have a go, go over a bit of the slang. All right, so... Um, we'll go, we've got a list here, and obviously what we'll do is this list list of slang. We'll put this up on the uh, we'll put this up on Twitter, and we'll put this up on uh, the Facebook group, so people can go for it at their own leisure. Um, there's a lot of words on this list that you know we use quite regular around here. There's other words that we use um, that are on this list, so we'll get into some of them as well. But um, I'm just trying to think what the word was that someone asked. So. I mean, one of them, one of them is uh, Giza Giza Gange at your Glag Alley. Now, <laughs> now it's not... a lot of people are going to think that that means um, 
like gag alley could could mean throat because you gag yeah. don't you if someone puts the fingers or or something in, well if something in your throat you, you can gag um <laughs> but what does it actually mean so gives a gives a your gag alley actually means give us a look at your marbles there you go so gange your... is to look in it yeah gives a gange at that Giz, yeah. giz, give. So. Giz, yeah, giz is give, yeah. Um, going down this list, we've got Bags Ball. Uh, Bags Ball was the old Winter Gardens. It's not there anymore. It's been knocked down. But essentially, Bags Ball, um, uh, bag is like, um, is uh, probably not a very nice word for a, for a woman. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we'd say, um, you know, some women would be bags. If they're not very nice, they'd be called a bag. You're, you're, you know, some people say old bag, don't they? Um, yeah. So a bag. So essentially, bags ball was like a cattle market on a Wednesday night. You used to go down there. It was a pub. So you get there, you go and have a drink, and basically at closing time, you'd you'd pick uh, your partner and go home with them. Um, essentially, that was the the protocol. Sometimes two or three times in a night, but um, that was bags ball. But that's that's obviously local to us. Bag wash, obviously, that's a laundrette. Yeah. Um, Beeling. Beeling's a good one because. Beeling, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Americans will know this one, but Beeling is like, oh, he's, he's beeling his eyes out, or he's, he's beeling over there, and he's, he's you know. It's, yeah, he's roaring. He's, he's roaring, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, crying. Crying, yeah. And what one that's associated, not associated, but with the rain side is, uh, I know a lot of people, and this, this goes in the UK as well, is uh, silent. It's silent it's down outside, you know, mm. or some would say it's pissing it down type thing, but yeah. silent, you know, it's, it's raining actually, heavy, yeah. yeah, it's chucking it down, you know, it's raining heavy. Silent down, yeah, so I guess that comes from silage, does it? Well, yeah, I suppose Mostly, so, because, yeah. Like if silage gets, if that's the grass when it's caught, if it gets wet, it's no good, is it? Yeah, so. now this, this is a good one, because um, I, I really like this one, oh, he's got a Benny on, or he's yeah, got a Benny Monk on. on. Yeah. yeah, he's got a monk on, you know, and it's someone that's in a in a in a right tantrum, you know, yeah. he's in, in the right mood. Or Mardi, uh, someone's in Mardi, yeah, yeah. Someone's very upset, happy. very upset, but not like crying upset, like mad upset, uh, angry upset, isn't it? It's like, um, yeah, it's not, it's not like, um, you know, that someone, not... if someone was really like up, you know, crying upset, you wouldn't say they got a Benny on. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, like um, half your workers, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's like um you know, like say you take someone's ball off them or something, and they go off yeah. they storm off don't they and you'd say oh he's got a Benny I say where's where's John gone oh he's got a Benny on he's <laughs> he's got off in a Mardi yeah the neighbours <laughs> took his ball off yeah. him yeah uh, fucking hell uh, blue is something we we used to call each other but I don't really hear that often now do you no not anymore not no. round here so if you, it sort of died out on it yeah so you'd say to you see say to your friend are we off out tonight blue um, so it's like a term of endearment. Um, Bob. Um, Bob can mean quite a few different things. Yeah, uh, it does. On here, it, it means um, you know, I'm off off for a bob. Uh, means poo, off for a shit. Um, but Bob can. Well, bob is also a currency term as well, isn't it? It's over here. Yeah, ten bob. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not used nowadays because you know, but it's. No, uh, but it basically means like fifty p r inexpensive. So you have yeah. like a, a ten bob floater would be like a yeah. one of them footballs that you, that's just made of plastic and it's just filled with air. But it's got to be a ten bob floater. Yeah, uh, bomb out. That's a good one. Bomb out. Bomb out's a good one. Yeah. So um, this would be like if um, you're going on a night out type thing. Yeah. And so that, you're off. Yeah. And you're all off on mates, a night out. And all your mates have gone out. We've gone out without you. You'd yeah. say, I've been bombed out. Been bombed out. <laughs> they've left you, you know, they've left you. I didn't want you coming anyway. Yeah, been bombed out. Uh, bomby. Um, it's obviously bonfire. Well, not obvious, obviously. Um, what else have we got on here? Okay, so... Like a lot of the shows around here, the second part of this show is going to be on Patreon. If you obviously, if you're already on Patreon, then you won't hear this. You'll just go straight on with the show. Um, so yeah, if you can join us on Patreon, be much appreciated. And we are going to chuck more and more stuff on there as we go along. That's the plan. So again, if you can share the show on your social medias and that, share it. That's the easiest way to grow a podcast. And we are coming up on a million downloads uh since we moved to audio boom so um you know the, the quicker we can get there the better i think so thank you very much for that everyone that's downloaded uh in the past make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff leave a review and if you want to share a story on the show then contact us you can either contact us on uh, facebook through messenger or supernatural pod at gmail.com is the email or go on the website um yeah and we'd love to have you on the show or, or read your story on the show so yeah, fantastic. Yep, keep sharing, keep posting on the Hangout, and uh, if you can, spare $2 a month and get on Patreon. Yes, yeah, soon to be $3. I might just set up a $3 tier then. Anyone new can just... It's something to do with tax taxes in America or something like that. They've, they've um, had to implement some new tax code thing or something. Um, so... What it means is that we get less. So say you, you know, say I don't know how much we get at a dollar. Just to say we get fifty p in every dollar on Patreon, whatever. Then obviously now we get a lot less. So we get thirty p a dollar. So the they're advising a three dollar tier. There's a minimum tier of three dollars. Okay, so that they, so that accounts for the difference. Um, so I might have to implement a three dollar tier. So the lowest tier might be three dollars at some point, but at the moment it's two dollars. So we. We get less, so the government gets more. That sounds about right. Yeah, usual case. So, yeah, but at the minute, it's still $2. So, yeah, if you can afford it, jump on there. We're very, very grateful. Uh, and more content will be going on there um, as and when. So, that being said, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye for now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Mm-hmm.